welcome to the sermon cast from King Road Church. If you'd like to connect with us or browse resources, please go to kingroad.ca and click New Here. It's our desire that God uses this message to bring you closer to Him. I don't know how many reasons you have to worship God. And, um, but this morning, if this is going to be really like um, the center of everything that we're going to do. And that's what we do, right? When we come together to worship God. And uh, I thought it wouldn't be anything more fitting uh, to have like 100, uh, Psalm 150 as we kind of wrap up this uh, series in summertime about the Psalms. It's the last Psalm that we have. Interesting is it that the last five psalms that we have in the Bible, they start with one word and end with the same word. And that word is hallelujah. If you look into your English Bible, I think most of the Bible, they have like that word translated. It is praise the Lord. So if you look into the five last uh, psalms that we have, you will see that in the beginning of the psalm and at the end of the psalm, Praise the Lord. So that's actually the translation. So hallelujah means praise God, as you see. But it's a word, it's like a Hebrew word, and it's actually two words combined. So hallelujah means praise. And then we have the yah at the end that means God. But not just any God. It's the God of Israel. It's Yahweh. It's how God identified himself to the people of Israel, to his nation. And actually how he identified when he was asked, who are you? He would say, I am Yahweh. And that's to identify that he is the only God. He is the creator and the sustainer of everything. If you look into Psalm 150, uh, many times it has been designated or named as a symphony of praise. If you have been to a concert, you have like uh, this experience, you know, of everything that's done to inspire you on the theme, you know, that's played on. So 105, Psalm 150 is the symphony of praise to God and the only God. And I think it invites us not just to hear about it, but to actually do it, participate. Scripture says that we should not just be hearers, but doers of the word, right? And this morning, we will have the opportunity to be part of it. And I couldn't do myself, so that's why we have like the worship team working together this morning in the, in the sermon itself, so that we can, as we go through the psalm, not just hear the word, but actually do the word. I would like to invite you in the beginning just to listen to the song. To listen. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes. And I will read a song and let the song speak to you. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds and praise him according to his excellent greatness. 
Praise him with trumpet sound. <clears throat> Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you look into this psalm, as I said, hallelujah is the beginning, is the call actually to worship. It's interesting that... uh, when we look into the word, as I said, Yahweh, the name of God, it occurs 6,828 times in the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament. It uh, appears in all the, the books of the Bible, except for Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and Esther. And if we just take like the ending or the abbreviation, like the short version of it, Yah, which appears 50 times, then uh, the Song of the Songs has it too. So this name is the name of God of the Old Testament. It's the name of God that has revealed himself to the history. It's the name of the God that the Jewish people would revere so much that when Yahweh would appear in Scripture, they would not read it. They would just kept silent for a moment. Or they might sometimes uh, replace it with the word Adonai, which means Lord. So what does it mean to praise Lord? I think it means that we devote ourselves entirely to one and only God. But it means that we express our gratitude, our reverence, everything that we are, and worship him. Worshiping God is a joyous endeavor. It's something that only can be done with joy. I know if you talk about worship, there is many different ways we should worship God, right? It's not just through singing or through instruments that we worship God. Actually, a lot more in our entire life. Everything we do is a worship to God, should be a worship to God. But Psalm 150 concentrates about the corporate worship, where people come together as a group, as a people to worship God. We'd like to look into the psalm, what it teaches us. And it's interesting that we have a lot in a small psalm like this. And uh, so we looked at it, what a psalm is about. We heard the psalm. But I think then we come to the first question. uh, Where do we praise God? Where do we praise God? This was a question that the psalmist had in his mind, and um, he has actually two answers for that, for his time. And the first one is, we praise God in his sanctuary. And if you look into the Old Testament, in the time when the psalm was written, probably, we see that the earthly place, or the earthly dwelling place of God, was a temple. This majestic temple that was built by Solomon. And it's interesting that we look back into 
how this concept, this idea of building the temple came about. And we see David as he had built his palace. And he looked at it and he said, this is not right. He said, this is not right. I live in a wonderful big palace. And God himself, he lives in a tent. That's his dwelling place. If you go back into the history, you will know that uh, in the wandering in the wilderness, the people of Israel, they, they were commanded to build a tent. That was the, the place where God would like to, to be seen and known among his people. And so it was all the way to the time when Israel was already in the possession of the land. They had built their houses, made their lives, and then, then this moment came. And David was really thinking about, you know, how can I worship God well? And that's where he realized it's not right that I stay in, in a wonderful palace and God lives in a tent. And uh, if you look into scripture, you'll see that he made all the preparations for the temple. But God told him and said, you know, you have shed too much blood. You're not the one that they're going to build a temple, but your son is going to do it. And as we read, you know, how the temple was built and everything and how majestic and wonderful it was. It, it's just amazing to see how the celebration was when the temple was inaugurated. But both David and Solomon, they had like this one thing that they realized. It says, there is no place on earth. There is no building that can actually receive who you are, God. Because your presence is in the whole universe. We cannot. There is no building that can retain you. They realize that, but they want to honor God. They want to worship God. And that's what they did. And that was the place where the people of Israel would go to worship God. If we come to worship in our days, you know, sometimes it's interesting. We come, we actually say it, worship service, right? And uh, many, many times the, the worship becomes like almost like the, the most important thing that we do, like the singing, yeah, with the band and everything that we have. But we need to realize and maybe just remind ourselves over and over again, it's not because of the worship that we come. It's not because that we want to worship or sing a song or, or feel good as we worship. No. The center of worship has to be God himself. If you come to worship, that's one thing. But if you come to worship the one and only God, that's something very different. And that makes the worship different too. It's not concentrating on the singers or on the band. It's not concentrating on my voice. Yes, we will do it the best way we can. But it is about honestly, truthfully worshiping God and recognizing who he is. That was all the reasons why the people would come to the temple. And that's the reason why we would come together and to worship God corporately. But the psalmist realized 
as I said, you know, like there is no temple, there is no church, there is no place that can really, you know, like be big enough to have God in that place. It needs to be something more. And then when we come to the New Testament, we see that uh, the, the, the believers are the temple, right? We are the temple. And we are the ones, wherever we gather together as believers in God, the only true God, there is a place. There is a place of worship. But he looked out and he says, you know, like, not even the heavens, you know, are big enough to encompass you. Then he says, you know, like, the temple cannot retain you. So let the mighty heavens be the place of worship for you. And we have songs that describe it so beautifully, right? That the, the nature actually <coughs> reveres and worships God. So in the stronghold of the powers of heaven, God is worshipped. So these are the two places that he mentions. Like the temple, the place, the holy place where God resides, but then the whole universe is a place of worship. The band is going to lead us in the next song, which expresses like this, this is my father's world. Let's sing it together. This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world, I rest me of skies and seas his hand the wonders wrong this is my father's world the birds their carols raise the morning light the lily white declare their this is my Father's world, He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass I hear Him pass, He speaks to me everywhere. This is my Father's world. the ruler yet. This 
the next question that we should ask and as the psalm answers it is why then do we praise God? We have the place we know who we want to worship. So why would we do this? And the answer is this praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him for his mighty deeds. I can't think about God's goodness. I can't think about God's mercy. I can't think about God's truth. I think you know about how good he was. And even though we sinned, he did not destroy us, but he brought about a way for us to be redeemed. Yeah, it's so wonderful to see who this wonderful God is and what he has actually done. His greatness. There are many psalms that describe how he was so good to the, to the nation of Israel as they left Egypt where there were slaves and all the way to Canaan when they came to the promised land. So they led him step by step, even though they rebelled against him. I don't know about you, but how often do you think about the good deeds of God in your life? Or do you have a little bit of a pessimistic tendency to see more of the bad things in life? instead of the good things. I would give you an opportunity now to just think a little bit about it. Take your time in silence. If you want to close your eyes, do that. And maybe in, in an attitude of prayer, think about the good deeds that God has done in your life. We have a, a very wonderful description of a man who is made according to the image of God. Colossians 1, 15 to 20 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn, the head. He is the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his crust. 
So Jesus Christ is the perfect description of who God is. The image of God himself. The psalmist answers another question. So how do we praise God? Interesting, he lists uh, various ways that we can do it. And he lists uh, interesting, like, interesting instruments. Like, uh, first of all, I think he has like what we could call like the wind instruments. He says, praise him with trumpet sound. Then he says, praise him with stringed instruments. Well, he says, praise him with the lute and the harp. And he goes on to say, praise him with percussion instruments. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. I think one thing shines through through this list of instruments that we can use to praise God, that it was really a joyous moment. I don't think we can sit still when we uh, hear or are accompanied by, by these instruments, can we? It was just wonderful to you know, be brought together under all the possible means and ways we can to sing God and to just be helped by the instruments to, to worship him. So it was a happy party, you must say. When we focus on God, when we center on God, our praises, it is something that just lifts us up. Because we see life differently than just by our own perspective, human perspective. We see it from God's perspective from what he is and what he does and what he can do. Not through our helplessness, but through the power of God himself to help us. So when we worship God, we are led to focus on him and on God himself. So the last question, the last question is, who is to be praised? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything. Yeah, it's interesting that not just humans are invited to praise the Lord. But everything that has breath should praise the Lord. I like it when the, the book of Hebrews talks about this. Hebrews 3.15, it says, Through him, it means through Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. And that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Probably one of the best ways that we can corporately praise God is expressing it verbally, being it in words, being it in song, that we actually say it, that it actually comes out of our heart and that we can express it to God. So as we heard in the beginning, like the psalm started with hallelujah and the psalm ends with hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, as we said in the beginning, is praise God, the only one that has created and sustained everything. And this morning we were led through the psalm to worship God together. This is just one way of doing it, but we have many other ways of doing it. And I would like to encourage you all to continue worshiping God in all situations. The Bible says that God is with us all the time in every situation in our lives. Even in the hard times, he is there. And I was just wondering, you know, when I made my list of good things that God has done for me, so probably God has been even more present in the times when I struggled, when I had difficult times in my life, because that's exactly where he was, like just beside me and carrying me through. And I think it's been the same for you as well. So as we live our lives, as we go into our routine, and tomorrow is Monday, yeah, Monday will be another day to praise God. We won't probably do it corporately as we did it today, but we will just re be reminded by the Holy Spirit of how we can praise God and worship God. And may the Monday be as the Sunday, and may the Tuesday and the Wednesday and the whole week be a life in which we praise God with our heart. Thanks for listening. You can find us on social media at King Road Church. Have a great week.